morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from a top crypto research team in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got gonzo also known as super g joining us on this monday mario aka the node defender is in the building and we've got the italian stallion behind the scenes He's going to be joining us in the show, so I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how central banks around the world are shifting into digital assets as we speak, but CEO of Ripple, Brad Garlinghouse, believes it will be a multi-blockchain world. We discuss what this could mean for many of our favorite tokens. As a Ripple settlement is likely to be pennies on the dollar compared to the $770 million that the SEC is asking for, John Deaton is predicting $22 million is what Ripple will end up paying. We discuss the likelihood of this case scenario. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, we've also got the Grayscale Solana Trust trading up nearly 900%. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And the automated market maker being leveraged by Ripple. That means transactions are coming to the XRPL. So much exciting news. I know it's a mouthful, but first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. I'm feeling good, man. I had an outstanding weekend. Got to spend some time with Shelly, went out with some friends. Today, after the show, I get to do a little bit of daycare. I get to spend some time with my granddaughter because uh, my daughter's back to work now. So we're kind of splitting the daycare thing. So going to be kind of an interesting day. Uh, I've only had her for small chunks of time. I'm going to have her for a pretty big chunk of time today, but we're, we're all ready to go. It's going to be, it's going to be a great day, but quite a great weekend in the markets, right? Solana, like congratulations to anyone that had, that had like the, the uh, intestinal fortitude to get in anywhere between like eight and $20. That was the move. That trade is gone. So we're going to have to try to find what the next move is. I'm kind of leaning into AVAX, but yeah, quite a weekend for the altcoins. Gonzo, you must be the youngest grandfather in the business. I'll give you that one, my friend. And Mario, we already got 206 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And like I said, we're starting off this episode with a very exciting video. Ripple is going to leverage the XRPL, and we're going to be breaking it down. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, man. Yeah, it's, it was a good weekend. Happy to be here. It's been a while since I've been on on a Monday, so it's definitely good to be here on a Monday to see everybody in the chat and to obviously be on with Gonzo Abs and Johnny very soon. Thank you so much, Mario. And we're going to kick this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button if you're looking for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, we've got File Token up 13%, Matic up 7%, Mana up about 4%, and Ethereum up 3% on the day. When we check out our Merlin Market Update this morning, we are sitting at $1.4 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 51% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 36,800. Ethereum, 2102. We've got XRP trading at 65 cents and Solana all the way at $55 this morning, Gonzo. And I had to double check my screen this weekend. I saw that Solana went from $26 to $62 in only four weeks. That's what's going to be coming to a lot of these altcoins. So it's an exciting time. We're getting a weird notification there, so I'll move my screen. It's an exciting time to be involved in the crypto market. Before we get into all of our content for today, I want you to highlight where you believe we are in the cycle. We're seeing certain altcoins pop off. We saw it with Gala. 
We saw it with Solana. We've even seen Cardano start to move. XRP moved last month. Where do you anticipate we are at the beginning of the hope or where do you see us in the cycle overall? Yeah, I mean, I think we're just getting started when you talk about the bull run, maybe like 25, 30%. You're still not too late. Like, So the people that had some conviction that got into Solana and some of the other projects that ran this weekend, you kind of see how important it is to get some spot buys. I'm not talking about trading because you could trade this whole market, right? There's going to be entries and there's going to be percentages of gain. But like when you're building a portfolio and you're getting in your spot buys, now you see how important it is like getting in at some of most of these bottom of the ranges. Cause when they run, they run a hundred percent, 120%. We're just getting started. Right. And so I would not chase like Solana. Like if Solana wants to pull back to like 30 something dollars, you want to build a small position. Great. But I'm looking for like the next Solana and they're all going to do it right there. If you look at the charts, they're all doing very similar things where we have like this, this trend that they're starting to break. Solana just broke it early, right? XRP is looking very, very good, right? I think we're going to get a little bit more of a pullback. We can go down to the uh, high 50s, low 60s before it kind of takes its run. But there are definitely other projects that you can start building long positions in. There was a really bullish statistic I saw this weekend that for the first time in 18 months, stablecoin investment has turned bullish, meaning there's more money entering the stablecoin market than leaving it right now. And it's projects like Solana that typically lead the bull market. Look at what happened just over the last four weeks, Gonzo. We started off at nearly $22. And if you go back to September 17th, or sorry, September 27th, we were at $18 a token. Fast forward just six weeks here. We traded at over $63 this weekend. And although we're a little bit bearish, it's unbelievable where we are compared to just a month ago. And I think this is going to happen to a lot of altcoins in the market. We saw it with XRP last month. XRP went from about 40 cents all the way to 70 cents in just a 14-day period. That's what we can anticipate during these bull markets. And I know a lot of our users, this is your full bull market. So congratulations and welcome in, guys. We already got 265 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And today, we're diving right into the exciting content because this is what we're getting into first, Mario. Ripple dropped a bombshell announcement at Swell last week as they're planning to utilize the XRPL DEX and the automated market maker going forward. Once the Ripple validators give it the green light, get ready for a massive tidal wave of innovation and seamless business transactions done on the XRPL. Brace yourself, folks. The crypto industry is about to witness a groundbreaking chapter, and I'm going to say mass adoption. We got a great video here. This is from XRP Mikkel on Twitter. Go follow this guy. I'd love to have him on the program. I think we're going to collaborate at some point soon. With that being said, here we go. Market makers, because there's a lot of people freaking out about whether or not the automated market maker is going to pass or not. Now, I've said multiple times, the automated market maker is going to be critical to Ripple going forward. And the main reason it's going to be so critical is because Ripple just announced at Swell the other day that they are going to start using the DEX and automated market makers when it passes to facilitate ODL trades. This means that even more of Ripple's activity is going to be happening on the XRP ledger. Now, this in itself is pretty funny because people forever said Ripple doesn't need XRP. They don't need the XRP ledger. They just need their software. And what we're seeing is time after time, Ripple moves closer and closer to the XRP ledger and integrates it deeper into their payment stack. Bingo, it pays in the... We can't hear you. You're muted. Floor is yours, Gonzo. Sorry about that. No, I was just going to say, you know, it just makes you extremely bullish on like XRP and like the future, right? Like you look at these projects we were talking about Solana, like they're just leading the market, but they're all eventually like all these charts look exactly the same, right? 
they're all eventually going to break their resistance levels and they're going to run up, right? And then at the end of the day, as we transition from like speculation to utility, that's the projects that you kind of want to start building into now, right? And that's why we love XRP so much because of what Ripple's doing with XRP and the XRP ledger, right? It's just more bullish confirmation, um, you know, and it, it'll be a nice day when it finally happens because the price action hasn't reflected it. But I think that those people that kind of just stay patient, um, you know, eventually it'll catch up. You're on mute, bro. My goodness. Sorry, guys. I apologize about that. And we have a live chat poll question going on right now. What is your first exit target for XRP? We're going to need to know when are we going to take profits on this token? Because like Waters Above says, 2024 is going to be extremely bullish. But April of 2024 is when he's anticipating we test that $1.90 mark. And if we break above that, it is unforeseen territory. There's one important thing I'd like to point out before we go through this article here, which is when you look at the XRP price chart in particular, there is almost no volume and no liquidity from $1.90 to $3. So Gonzo, people often talk about XRP's all-time high is $3.84. That was due to Korean exchanges and that had almost no liquidity there. When you look at the real true all-time high for XRP, two numbers we should consider. $2.70 cuz that's the highest it reached on American exchanges or $1.90 because that's where it got to in 2021 before we entered this long-term bear market. So with that being said, what are you anticipating going forward as we enter this new phase of adoption? Brad Garlinghouse says it's a multi-blockchain world. What are you anticipating for your first exit target in 2024? Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit higher up. I've been holding this thing for a while, right? And I, I luckily, I have other positions. I wasn't all in XRP. So I've been able to kind of pull profits on those other positions to roll back into XRP. But I, I think I've said this before. I, I think most of my selling will start kicking in between $14 and $15. That's just me personally. Elaborate on that because a lot of people talk about that 4.236. Like if you listen to Kevin Cage and Bearable Bull, what does that mean for our investor or our listeners out there? It means that if XRP breaks the all-time high, what typically happens in these markets is the token will do 4.2 times that value. That will be the next peak of the market from what I understand. And if you do that with XRP, that takes us to about $12. So when Gonzo says $15, $12, that could be one of, is that one of the reasons that you're estimating those price targets? Yeah, it has to do with the FIB pool and then like the level that we're at, right? And then also it has to do with a little bit of Gematria, right? I, I mean, I, I did that exit strategy a long time ago. And like I said, XRP, like I, I was bought and sold at the beginning, right? I built my positions and they're just there. And, and like we talked a lot about XRP because we're an XRP centric show. So I stay on top of it just to give an opinion on the news, but I'm already bought and sold on that. Like I'm, I'm literally looking for like the other projects because I know what XRP is going to do. My exit, exit strategy is set and it just has to just kick in. And with that being said, Gonzo, I think it takes us back to our original video that we played. What he's describing here is that when the automated market maker is beginning to be leveraged by Ripple, we're going to see huge amounts of transactions begin to come, not only to the XRPL, through Ripple's payment system and onto the XRPL. It's the most bullish case scenario we've heard. And a lot of the critics about XRP say one thing in particular. They say that is XRP really going to be leveraged by Ripple or are they just leveraging blockchain technology that's the next portion of this clip, guys. And we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that. Let me know in the live chat. What do you think about what XRP Mickle says in this video? 
in the world are academic or on the XRP ledger because it makes their business more powerful. Boom. So people are wondering if this is such a great thing, if it's going to improve liquidity on the ledger, if it's going to make the XRP ledger more powerful, why isn't it being passed? And I think the main thing people need to consider right now is that these upgrades to the XRP ledger, these code changes take a long time to make sure there's nothing wrong with them. Right now, the XRP ledger is one of the few blockchains that never goes down. The XRP ledger has never had a massive crash. The XRP ledger has never been down for an extended period of time. This is so important to understand because XRP's reputation is on the line with big upgrades like this. We need to make sure that these upgrades are 100% vetted before being pushed through. Regardless of how powerful the upgrade is, a couple weeks, a couple months is not that is what's so important about these amendments that are being made, Mario. Blockchain's never gone down. Transactions never fail in the network. We need to keep that as the standard for XRP. What do you take away? And I'll give my two cents. Yeah, I think this is really, really important. And this is the question that's been looming around like the XRP and Ripple and the connection that they have is, you know, will Ripple continue to utilize the XRPL? Will Ripple develop products that no longer need the XRPL and continuously. And, and even though they've said that they plan on using the XRPL and adding utility to XRP, it's positive that we get to see these shifts and it's positive that we get to see Ripple continue to develop on the XRPL. So that's super exciting. Uh, I think that there is, as Gonzo stated before, and I agree with him 100%, I think there's going, going to come a time where there will be a separation between the speculation and the utility. Right now we're seeing just so much speculation around the crypto market and, and projects seem to move just based on, on speculation. And there is going to come a time where utility will be uh, more dominant and we'll start to get to see price price appreciation just based on utility and not, and not just always on speculation. So yeah, I'm excited to see when that happens. That's going to be an exciting time. Well, Gonzo, what needs to happen in order for this amendment to be approved is Ripple has to, um, Sorry, not Ripple. The validators on the network have to, 80% of them have to vote yes on this automated market uh, maker approval. And then it has to sit that way for at least 14 days. Right now it's 35%. So we're still a long ways away. But remember, if we get 80% of the validators to approve from that point forward, it's only 14 days until this is added to the network. What do you take away from all this news? I mean, it just goes to show like kind of how decentralized it is, right? People want to say that XRPs centralized because of the escrow and 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 you know what ripple owns but like the way that the xrp ledger moves like it has to be voted in right and we saw the same thing with xls 20 right where we had this like we thought we we're going to get it passed and then we didn't get it passed and then it eventually got passed right and then it caused all this fluctuation and all the different nft tokens remember that phase that we went through um and so um i think that i, I think the validators just want to see certain things before they vote, um, and, and it's just gonna take time, just like anything else. Look, human nature is human nature, and, and going away from XRP, but just going away, like coming into human nature and psychology and how these markets work, like we're always gonna have these cycles, right? We're always gonna have these boomer bump cycles. We're always gonna have these bear, bear cycles, and then these bull cycles, right? So don't get it twisted. Like you should have like your, your, your bag of XRP that you want to take in the future, but you need to make sure that you pull profits, whatever that exit price is for you. Like you need to set that and you need to stick to that, right? Because this thing's going to run up, but it's going to eventually come back down again because human nature is human nature. And these markets are built on human psychology and they're not going to run up forever. Right. And so you need to make sure that you're prepared for that.
and this is the rookie move, right? I'm I'm a victim of this. Diamond hands get destroyed in the crypto market. Look at what happens every time. If you got into this market and you bought XRP all the way back in 2019, you are barely 2x on your profits. And this is what's important to understand, guys. I know that's great. Let me let me preface this by saying just five years ago, if you made 20% in the stock market, you were considered a genius. Nowadays, people make 80% on these crypto tokens and it's considered a failure. So it just goes to show how much things have changed, Gonzo. But diamond hands do get destroyed in this market. If you had taken profit on XRP during this bull run right here, if you were an experienced trader, you saw that people were over leveraged, you ended up taking profit. You had all of that profit to enter back into the market during this bearish time. And look at this. The chart is clearly trending a specific direction here, Gonzo. I'm going to kick it back to you and Mario, but just 20 seconds here breaking it down. Ever since June of 2022, it's been nothing but bullish momentum for XRP. Now, is it slow? Yes. Do people want fast, quick price action? Of course, because volatility is what creates wealth. But when you look at this price chart in particular, if you're holding for the long term, if you are part of this diamond hands group, it's finally looking like an exciting time to be part of your community. XRP has trended from 31 cents back in June of 2022, all the way to where we are today, 65 cents. But here's what's important, guys. We are creating higher highs and higher lows. Look at this. Higher high, higher low. We trend to the right, higher high, higher low, higher high, higher low. Same sequence is happening here. And so what does that tell me in this pattern? The recent high we set was about 86 to 93 cents on the XRP chart. Currently, we're sitting at 65 cents. Wouldn't surprise me at all if we broke out to a $1.10, $1.20 range and back test a couple of those gaps that need to be filled, Gonzo. So with that being said, I do want to kick it to you and Mario. Guys, we got 407 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And one final comment here. We're talking about how the XRP price is set to increase over time, Gonzo. It is the automated market maker that will contribute to that. More transactions, more tokenized assets, more value coming to the network is what's going to lead this token to being $2, $4, $10 eventually. With that being said, let's start with Mario and kick it to you. Yeah, sorry, I thought you were going to Gonzo first. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And you know, the I actually watched the, the the movie Dumb Money yesterday, and it basically talks about what happened with GME, the GameStop, and the Wall Street bets thing back in in early or late 2020, early 2021. And so many people that were just following the narrative, the diamond hands and hodl and hodl. I mean, they got wrecked. They lost all their money. The I think that the important thing here is that you need to take profits along the way. It's going to be so difficult to determine where the top's going to be. It's going to be so difficult to determine where that perfect point of exit is going to be. So taking profits along the way is key. I have a little bit more conservative targets for XRP specifically, and I'm going to be taking profits along the way of previous all-time high and all the way up to $10 even. Obviously, it's going to be a smaller percentage, and XRP is the biggest, the biggest holding in my portfolio. So I've been holding for a long time, 2017. And at this point, I just really need to start securing some profits. And I'm going to be leaving a big chunk going forward into the future because I do believe that the more utility that comes into this market, the more utility that comes into specifically XRP, we can see double digits and we can stay in the double digits. But as you're looking at that chart, the chart always moves up and down. And so I'm going to be taking profits and, and, and just securing some on the side because it's been a long time. Love it, Mario. And I completely agree with you. If there's a time to take profit, it is during the bull market, guys. The last thing you want to be doing is sitting here holding the bag in 2026 when we go up 90% and the, or sorry, when we go up 200% and then 90% of the value exits the market on the back end. I want to ask our live chat right now. If you believe XRP is going to break a dollar before the end of the year, throw a one in the live chat. If you think we're going to stay below a dollar until January 1st of 2024, 
put a two in the live chat. But Gonzo, people are dying to hear your opinion. Floor is yours. Yeah, you know, like Waters Above talks about this all the time. Like, you know, he was getting in uh, after the SEC lawsuit. He got out like at a dollar thirty. People were like raking him over the coals, but it ended up being the top, right? Came back down. We were like in the low thirties, uh, and then we went up when we won the SEC lawsuit up to ninety three. He was selling out at at the high eighties, right? And now he's taking those profits and he's getting back in when we hit like the the low fifties right? Like 58 cents level, which is, I think we've got one more pullback to like either the high fifties or low sixties before we go what you're talking about. But this whole time you could have been kind of swing trading, not all of it because it can continue to run, but a certain position, you could have been selling close to those tops, getting back in close to the bottoms and you're just accumulating more XRP. And that's what people like, it's hard for them to understand. You're not selling completely out of the project or you don't, it's not that you don't believe in the project anymore. You're trying to accumulate more of the token, right? Without having to bring in like more money, right? Because that's hard to do unless you have like, uh, uh, you, you have cash flow that's coming in where you can dollar cost average. Great. But a lot of people don't have that, you know? Also, can I use an example? I'm going to kick it right back to you. It's like, if you have, Bearable Bull just did a great video on this with his chain link. If you put a hundred dollars into chain link, and Chainlink does a 3X. Now your $100 is $300. And you take $100 off the table, it's only house money in the market you can't lose. And that's what Gonzo is describing right here. Take your initial investment off the table and play with house money from that point forward. That's how you multiply your portfolio in these bear markets, guys. But Gonzo, sorry, floor is yours. No, yeah. And you're 100% spot on, as because it, it also makes you non-emotional, right? Because it, it, dude, as much as we know how these cycles move, when it comes to money, it, it's just very emotional. I was telling abs before the show, it didn't matter that like Algorand was running, my position in Algorand was running, my position in Gala, I, you know, like that my portfolio, my spot portfolio was growing a lot. What did I focus on all weekend? I focused on the positions that were like a negative, like the call on Celestia, which is a, a new layer one blockchain that is on the Cosmos that just came out that like, was that like $2 and something I knew I like the technology. I wanted to make an investment. It ran 120% over the weekend. And I'm like, damn, I missed it. Instead of like focusing on what's running already that I already have, like, and that's just like, you have to reset yourself, right? It's the way that your brain works and it's hard to fight human nature, right? And so that just goes back to your whole trading investment. When you have an investment thesis, you need to stick by it. That's why the exit strategy is so important because you don't have to think about it, right? You don't have to guess. Like as soon as your exit targets hit, you sell and then you wait. And if you want to get back in, you get back in. And look at this, Gonzo. Clearly trending, making higher lows here, guys. We went from about 26 cents at the lowest of the low here. Now, when we're talking about our lows, we're about 50 cents per token with XRP. And it goes to show we're not even in the bull market phase. Look at what happened here in 2021. And we're breaking it down because it's important. Because what I really think and what I'm trying to summarize here is I think we're in this part of the price chart. I think we're entering this first Maybe this phase right here where we go up and we come down, there's uncertainty, there's hope in the market. Then we get a huge green candle. And what you're looking at right here with these red candles is the SEC lawsuit. So keep in mind, this is the weekly price chart. We're using Binance as a reference here. If XRP didn't get sued by the SEC, I'm wondering how much of this momentum would have started at 70 cents. That's when you can talk about XRP reaching $2.70 and potentially all-time high from that point forward. But I just realized we're 23 minutes into the show and we are yet to break down any relevant news from today. So we're going to start breaking down some articles. And since we're talking about XRP, let's actually switch gears a little bit, Gonzo. We're going to Solana news 
Because like you said, Solana's been leading the market over these last couple of weeks. And Solana's Grayscale Solana Trust is trading at an 869% premium as institutions are flocking into this token. The premium here, guys, the token is trading at $56 in the open market. If you go on Coinbase, if you want to buy it from Grayscale in their spot product, you are, or sorry, their futures product, you are going to pay $202 to get access to this. This is unbelievable, Gonzo. And we even saw price highs reaching as high as $900 for this asset. What is really going on here? I have some background knowledge after speaking with Yusko. Maybe you can explain what you think. I think it's running on a narrative, right? Like, because if you think about it, Jump Crypto, they just had their uh, dev uh, conference and Jump Crypto came out with the test net and, and, and the million do- or, or the million transactions per second, right? And, and so there are some in the Ethereum community that say, well, those aren't actual transactions. They're go- they could be governance transactions or different kinds of transactions. We have to wait to see how it reacts in the actual bull run. But like, it seems like the text there, but this is still speculation, right? And you think about how beat up Solana was, it was just really beat up. Like a year later, like SBF just got convicted and we're basically like back to the levels that we were before all the craziness, right? If you look at total market cap, we're literally at the levels that we were at before we had Terra Luna collapse, right? Which is at about what, 1.5, we're close to 1.5 trillion, we're at 1.3. So I think we could run a little bit more, but that rejection point is at 1.5 trillion. That's where the original breakdown was. And so that's what we have to see as the total market cap hits that that 1.5 trillion and above level, are we going to get rejected and come back down, right? But I, I think what's happening with Solana, to answer your question, is it's running on speculation and the narrative of, of what the technology can do, right? And so people are just piling in. Like I said, the time to get into Solana, you didn't have to, you didn't even have to have the conviction to get in at $8, right? Eight to $20, which was still 100% up off the bottom, but that's where like the trend line was. That's where the breaking point was. So you could have gotten in anywhere between that, right? And then you'd be up, what, like 3X right now? And so that's what, for me, you got to find the next Solana, right? That's why I'm leaning into what AVAX is doing. It's gone on about 100% off the bottom. But when you do a trend line, it, it's starting to break that trend line. And I think it's going to run, right? It's, when you look at its resistance points, they're, they're significantly up there. And so you just got to look for those next projects. And look at this, Gonzo. We talk about the psychology of the market chart often on our show. This is a cut and paste of that exact chart. We got the hopium, the optimism, the euphoria, then the extended bear market, the fear, depression. Now we're entering hope. And as much as we've seen XR, sorry, Solana perform outstanding over these last couple of weeks, it's a blip on the price chart when you really zoom out. This token was trading at over $250. I don't even remember that. I don't remember when Solana was trading at 250 bucks. In my eyes, this is a 30 to $50 token permanently, but obviously that's not the case here as it's already trading at $55 and we are yet to enter this bullish phase. I believe many of these altcoins are going to end up breaking all-time highs. And guys, this is a video I want all of our listeners to be aware of. There is a deep fake scam going around on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. All social medias are being hit with this right now. And what it is, is it's Brad Garlinghouse, a deep fake with AI. And it's Brad Garlinghouse asking you to send him XRP, give him access to your wallet, and he will double the tokens that you have in there. Uh, Sorry, we had an audio issue. Um, And so I don't want any of our users to fall for this because this is one of the things that our listeners need to be aware of. This next bull market, the scams, they're going to go to a whole nother level. We've already seen a lot of deception and a lot of nefarious activity, according to Gary Gensler. I'm going to play five seconds here just to show you how realistic this whole thing is. Where everyone 
send a minimum of 1,000 XRP and a maximum of 500,000 XRP to the address listed on the website. Minimum of 1,000, maximum of $500,000, or sorry, 500,000 XRP, Gonzo. I don't want to spend too much time here. I just wanted to point out the fact that that's going on right now. What do you think? Give me your two cents before we move on. Yeah, no, you know what? Because it, what it does is all these scams, they all play on the same thing, our greed gene, right? It's the same psychology of the market. It's all tied in together, right? It's that greed gene that we get as we get FOMO. It's the same thing, right? It's like, it, it's your brain saying, well, what if it is true? Like, what if that small chance that they're actually going to double up and then they sucker you, right? Some of them I've even seen where you send them money and then they send you back money, right? And that's the real hook. Because then you see, oh, it's not a scam. I made money, right? And then what do you do? They ask you for another investment. You throw in a bunch. You give them back what they gave you plus more money, and then they scam you. So you got to definitely be careful. It plays on your greed gene. I completely agree with you, Gonzo. And we're going to start talking about some exciting news here, guys. But we got 455 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. A lot of people are sitting here saying, XRP has clarity in the United States. Where's the ETF application? And this is what John Deaton commented on as well. He said, there are many applications for Bitcoin spot ETFs, but now there's a new Ethereum spot ETF application as well. That was filed by BlackRock last week. I find it peculiar that there's no spot ETF application for the only crypto with actual legal clarity. That would be XRP. So I find this to be hilarious. Mario, I'm starting with you. We'll kick it to Johnny. What do you think is preventing XRP ETFs from being launched in the US? Hint, hint, Gary Gensler. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely Gary Gensler and definitely the SEC. Uh, like, I don't know, like, I know that the these ETF applications, I know that they bring um, they bring a status to the crypto market, right? They bring a status to Bitcoin now being considered uh, being considered a, a, more, a safer asset or just being considered a, a commodity in general. But at the same time, I can't help but feel that these ETF applications are kind of overrated. And I know that they will have a long term a positive long-term effect for the market. I know that it will bring in more investors. It, you know, it's going to be available to more people and in, in, in traditional investing forms. But I think in, in the current spectrum of things, I feel like it's a little bit overrated. And, I, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm hoping that these ETF applications do bring hype back into crypto. I do hope that they play a narrative into the next bull run and that we get massive price appreciation so that everyone that's been accumulating like a bear over the last bear market can take profits or can do whatever they want. That's part of their plan. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's very important to, to, to just pay attention and be a little bit cautious and just have like a backup plan kind of uh, if you're not planning on holding for long periods of time, because the futures applications or the futures Bitcoin did trigger the end of a bull run at some point in 2018. So it's very important to be aware of these narratives. And I know that we haven't even started this bull run yet. So it'd be a little bit premature to call it an end, but I'm just throwing it out there and, and, and I'm just sharing how it feels for me. I feel like it's not going to be this huge thing right now, but it absolutely can be over the next few years. And it's absolutely a positive thing. But for right now, I feel like there's a little bit too much hype. I got to give my two cents here, Mario, because I think you make some great points about the futures ETF and the impact that it had back in 2017. When we look at what's being happening here with the spot ETF applications, this is a little bit different for one reason. You're not shorting the market through spot products. So when you're talking about futures products, you can short the market at leverage. Institutions can make money on Bitcoin and these assets going down. 
when you talk about spot products, they're incentivized to go out, buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum, hold it and offer it to their clients at an interest, which is a bullish case scenario. So everybody was thinking that when they launched futures, they would leverage the market up. What they did is they leveraged the market down, like Mark Yusko explains. But I, I see exactly what you're saying, guys. And we got 471 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button, Mario. I want to give you a chance to respond and we'll kick it to Gonzo and Johnny. Yeah, I'm just trying to give like that ground level perspective because what happens when prices were super low and we were at 15 and everybody was calling for lower prices was that people were just scared and, and everybody thought Bitcoin was going to continue going down. Now we're at this phase where optimism is really high and people are just in general, which is normal. And I feel it too. People are getting the FOMO. Everybody thinks that we're going to go to a million dollars. And it happens every time that we're in this kind of a cycle. And so I'm just sharing that contrarian opinion, just bringing things back to ground level and, and stay, stay, uh, just try to stay grounded and, and see things for what they are. And just kind of always realize that it may not always be what the, what the narrative uh, they're trying to push. And it may not always be what the sentiment is in the market. And because so people are so optimistic, I got to just do a step back a little bit and, and analyze things and just be cautious. <laughs> but I'm bullish. I'm bullish. Don't get me wrong. No, it's, it's great that we have different opinions too, because if we all sat here and agreed all day, I don't think the show would be very interesting, guys. <laughs> With that being said, I want to kick it to Gonzo and then Johnny, floor is yours. Yeah, um, you know, I, I agree with Mario 100%. Like depending on when the spot ETF gets approved, right? It could signal like a local top where we get a pullback. It's kind of uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. If you think about it, like we've been running now for a while in Bitcoin on pure speculation of people trying to get ahead of the spot ETF. And if you see the ETF guys, they keep saying this over and over. And I don't think just people are paying attention that um, even with the, with the gold ETF, when it was finally approved, there was a major correction, right? Long-term, it is great, right? But these companies aren't going to come piling in and just buy all this like Bitcoin, right? They still, what it means is like for BlackRock is that they're, they're everyone that's under that BlackRock umbrella, they're going to start pushing these um, these ETFs, the, the spot ETFs, and there's going to be all different kinds of ones, right? There's going to be ones where you can, uh, where you can gain yield, right? Where they can lend out the underlying asset, which is Bitcoin. And you can get a little bit where all these different products, right? So they still have to sell them. And, and we're still like, if you look at the macro where we are, we're still like in this war narrative. We're still like in the fed, like holding rates for higher. Maybe they raise rates a little bit more. So, you know, we're going to get a correction. It can't go up forever. Um, and so just, you know, be, pre be prepared for that. Right. Well, Johnny, first of all, let's get a solid introduction in here, my friend. First of all, welcome to the program. I didn't get to talk to you this weekend, so I hope you had a great weekend and thank you for being here. How are you feeling? It was a busy weekend. It was a horrible morning. I'm having technical issues everywhere over here. Mic doesn't want to work. The headphone doesn't want to work. The speakers don't work. Nonetheless, it's all working. Good morning to all the warrior maniacs out there. Love and appreciate you guys. Hopefully you're all doing well and hopefully you all had a good weekend abs. But this is a very fascinating conversation regarding the, the Bitcoin ETF. I, I don't necessarily agree with, with both Gonzo and Mario on this one. So I'll go a little bit on the opposite side. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, we have a very new dynamic happening in crypto where crypto is not a legitimized asset yet in the world. And this Bitcoin ETF is going to legitimize it. That alone is going to be a narrative that I can't imagine that BlackRock and JP Morgan and everybody else is going to pump like they never pumped before. They're going to pump that song, bitch, like you've never seen. You're going to hear about that narrative. 
And I'm what what I don't know is what kind of effect and how they're going to leverage that effect in crypto. Are they going to time it and release the announcement at the same time when we get the having or how this whole thing is going to play out? So from that perspective, that's where I do agree with Mario that it's being a little overhyped right now. But it's only being overhyped because we're listening. We are paying attention because we're here early. Go ask your grandma. Go ask your your stepsister or your sister-in-law or your monkey's cat and go see if they know that there's a Bitcoin ETF coming. Because most people don't know what the hell is coming and they aren't going to know until CNN starts telling them it's coming and they can get in it. And as Gonzo said, then the minute it comes, everybody at BlackRock can be on the phone calling all their buddies. Hey, get your 401k, roll into this, roll into that. And I don't know what that lag time is going to be before we actually see an impact on the Bitcoin pricing. For me, that's the one uncertainty here. And then we asked Yosko a little bit, and he said, oh, no, when money starts coming in, you will see the price flying. So I'm kind of, jury's out for me. I'm not so sure if this is going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news, or this is going to buy, buy a rumor and keep holding on because this own bitch is going to go up for the next five years. Hard to say. It's very, very tricky because we're in new territory with an asset class you know, when gold got an ETF, gold existed. The whole world was already in gold. It wasn't like gold was this scam thing and people didn't know anything about it like crypto is today, right? So to me, that's the difference. That's the dynamic that I don't know which way it's going to go, but I'm really, really, I'll tell you one thing. I know in the long run, it's going this way. We're going up. So I'm excited about that part of it. I'll tell you another thing, Johnny Crypto. Judging from the comment section, you are a fan favorite, my friend. And we got 481 live listeners joining us. Check out that. Check out this breaking video, guys, because what Johnny just broke down is how when CNN starts telling people buy Bitcoin, that's exactly what will happen. Well, what Linda P. Jones said last week on our show is that that process has already started. See everybody going on camera on television, especially Larry Fink, who just. I think it was two years ago, said that Bitcoin was a way to launder funds. And now he's on CNBC saying it's a great investment. Like safety. Like the safety, Linda. When I see that, plus everybody else, you know, um, Mike Novogratz, all the usual characters uh, talking positively about Bitcoin, it feels to me like they're trying very hard to move the price up and to get optimism. But I don't like it when everybody is on one side trying to pump the price up and we have excessive uh optimism right now on the sentiment chart so that's where crashes happen from that side of the chart when you're excessively optimistic not when you're pessimistic and we have too much optimism right now so floor is yours gonzo Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, I got distracted. I was reading the chat. No, that's um, okay. Yeah, no. And, you know, like, because that's how these these markets go, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, we're coming out of a bear market. But so far, the four-year cycles are intact. I think we, you know, when you talk about people that have been, uh, that are believers in the Bitcoin cycle, they didn't think, they're surprised that we, we kind of went higher, right? Um, but most of the cycle is still intact. And so when everyone starts piling in, is like, it feels very toppy to me. Now, it, it, it could be something different, right? And that's why we always sell, like we always say, you know, when you pull profits, you're not selling out of all your positions because we could be wrong, right? So you still want to keep some of your positions, but you definitely want to pull profits. But, you know, it does feel toppy. But again, Johnny brings up a, a good point. 
it just depends on when they release it, right? Yes. Where are we in the cycle? Is it like at the having? Is it before the having? Because if it's before the having, then maybe we get a run up and then the correction, or maybe we get the correction first and then we get the run up, right? Um, like right now, like I think the next narrative to, to like jump in is going to be like we just got it over the weekend is the spot ETF of Ethereum. A lot of people are going to be when you look at the Bitcoin pairing where it's at with with ETH, it's like at support. A lot of people are starting to trade little by little their Bitcoin for ETH because they see the narrative coming for the next trade, right? To get into Ethereum. Mm -hmm. It's held that $2,000 level. My stop loss was like at 2011 and it hit 2018. It almost triggered. It didn't. Now we're back up to 2050, but I'm just going to let that thing run because as we get the narrative, like the news media start talking about the spot ETF of Ethereum and, or, and it will probably get the run up after we get close to like the Bitcoin one being approved, right? And that's what I'm worried about, that the Bitcoin one gets approved, we get whatever run up is, and then the money flows into Ethereum and then Ethereum plays this catch up game because it has been weaker, right? In the pairings, it's been weaker. The chart looks richer, weaker, but it's going to catch up at some point. And so I'm just betting that I, I'm going to build my position now so that when it catches up, I can pull profits. You know, one of the things I thought interesting when, when Linda was talking that day, um, uh, absent, she's right. When, when everybody's talking about the same thing, I think this is where Mario was going is everybody's hyping it right now, but you have to remember what well, this is nowhere near the bull run. I expect us to go down. I think they're going to, they're hyping the show right now. But if we don't get the announcement till April, May, or June, whenever they decide to announce the SEC's coming, probably around the same time when the having comes, I, I'm not expecting us to hold this. I don't want us to hold this level. We want to be down in the 15, 20, 25K Bitcoin range before that next bull run. If that doesn't happen, then yes, we may, we may not get a major pump. So wait, I'm wait, actually, wait, sorry. Explain that. So you think Bitcoin has to go back down to 15K? I'm not saying 15, but it needs to go back down one more time and retest. You got to retest oh, that low because typically when you look at when you look at any chart, there's always a retest of a breakout level. You want to retest that and then go back up, and that sets for a very very strong bull run. And if you go look at back in 2020, the same thing happened. I mean, you were telling me I think bull we went up to I don't know the numbers on was three to nine. Every cycle that we've had up to this point, abs right pre having we have somewhere between a 30 and 50% correction. It's yes. happened every year. Maybe this year is different. I don't know. But if we're going to go on history, it's about like, uh, I want to maybe it could be 40 to 50%. We always get like this, this major correction. And if you look like you could just look at the bull run of, of, of 2021, we would run up and then we'd get like this 30% correction. Right. And then we would run up, but like the pre-having year, we're going back to the beginning of its existence. I want to say it's somewhere between 30 and 50% or 40, 50% correction pre-having. Abs, look at look right there in October last year, or I mean back in 2020, and no, 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 not there, and the the prior one, go back one, in 2020, go back to the one in 2020, and you'll see how it dropped down. It was a bunch of red bars. See how it pulled down, and it went up again, and it pulled down in April, and then it went up. Yeah, yeah let me get my mind glass. Hold on. Yeah, there you oh, go, right I there. I see one. See that pullback? So you. I'm get, just kidding. I was messing around. Anyway, so you could see the run up and the pullback, and then it really drained everything in February, April timeframe, and then it, then they sent it. So I'm expecting a similar type behavior that you see there, where you kind of get it. Uh, you can almost kind of, if you look at the two charts right now, they're forming literally the same pattern, and you're seeing a little bit of a pullback right now. I think we'll get a little bit more pullback in in the 
And then, then eventually they'll send it. So I think the reason why you're getting all this pump right now, 100%, is because of the ETF. All of that narrative is being built in, and it's driving up. Then I think you're going to get the pull back, like Gonzo said, that we have historically every single time. And fly, and then we go up and, and we go sayonara, see ya. And, and how high we go, that's the part that for me, because of the Bitcoin ETF, that's a new dynamic that we've never, ever had before in this crypto asset or this space. We've never had true legitimization. Where now, you heard Yasko, what do you say? About $350 billion alone may come right, right into, right into, that's 30% of what, actually, no, I'm sorry, what's Bitcoin's market cap right now? About five, 600? That's almost 100% of what it is, or 80%. That's a big number coming into one, one asset, right? So hard to say what it's going to be, but I don't think it's going to be 36,000. <laughs> I think we're going to... Johnny, know. so the total market cap for Bitcoin right now is currently $720 billion. Okay. So Yasko thinks on the news alone, we're going to get $300 billion in liquidity. And he even went on to explain how that doesn't mean that, that we're going to a trillion. It's much bigger than that. It means that's that right. Go ahead, explain. That's right. What he said was, so first of all, that's 50% of the assets value today. Another 50% is coming into it. So you can use your imagination to see how high that's going to go, or you can just do basic mathematics and you can see what the market cap is going to tell you what it would be. And then that just gets the bull going. Then he talked about last year and last, I keep saying last year, but in the last bull run, you guys know what I mean. If I say last year, I mean last bull run. Last bull run, we had $3 trillion total valuation in the market cap. Which doesn't mean three trillion was in the market, but it got pumped up to three trillion because of all the house money, the leveraging, the casino gamblers, right? All that shit. He thought this time around it could go as high as five trillion. So that's you know that's almost a four x maybe from where we are today, four and a quarter x or four and a half x from where we are today. Not four and a half, but somewhere in like four four and a quarter x from where we are today. That's a shit ton of money. That's going to be plowing into Bitcoin and then flowing into Ethereum, Ethereum and then flowing into the altcoin. That man, get not a cheap plug here. You better damn have an exit plan because the money's going to flow in. The money's going to flow out. Now, I think some of the money may stay in the Bitcoin Ethereum because of that. That's where the dynamic is different now. Some of that money, as Yosko said, you heard me. I asked him. He said, well, they got to buy the underlying asset and they got to hold it. So to me, that's what's going to create a new plateau for the next level of Bitcoin. Now, where that level is, he didn't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. We're going to see what that level is. And then from there, I would imagine we'll plateau. And then over time, you know, there'll be dips. Don't get me wrong. It'll, it'll go down too. But I think over time, then it's just going to do what gold did. Maybe in the next five, 10 year period, it will go up four, five, six X. And think about this, guys. When XRP reached $1.90 right here, this was 17% of the total market. Mark Yosko thinks we're going to 5 trillion. Do the math. That means what's 10% of 5 trillion, 500 billion? What's 2X? Let's just round up here and call it 20%. That means $1 trillion at some point would be circulating through the XRP token. And keep in mind, when we reach these price targets, they are not sustained. You are looking at a weekly price chart right here. The entire time that was spent over $1.30 last bull run, less than five weeks. So remember, when we break above two, three, four, twelve dollars $12, do not anticipate we're going to be there very long. Take your profits, have an exit plan, utilize the Merlin application, and that way you can make some money and you reinvest during these bear markets here. But we got 478 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to start breaking down this article right here as Brad Garlinghouse takes a jab at the maximalists, stating it will be a multi-chain world. And Gonzo, I just want to check one quick thing. I got my audio settings different here, so let me... 
audio. So funny after do this live. So I apologize about that, guys. We're going to start going through this article right here. Brad Garlinghouse jabs at maximalists. It will be a multi-chain world. As Ripple CEO discussed discouraging maximalists and factors that could drive further institutional adoption at the Ripple recent swell event that happened in Dubai. He said some believe that the future will be made up of multiple blockchains working together. Brad Garlinghouse falls into this group. He is actively discouraging those who present themselves as maximalists, stating, I am very bullish about the whole about a whole bunch of different things going on in crypto. I certainly am active in trying to dissuade people from being maximalists about any particular crypto. It will be a multi-chain world. Now, let me throw something to Brad here. Hold on, Johnny. I know you got comments. Let's get some comments in. Well, no, I, I couldn't agree more with what, you know, we say that all the time on this show that the world, this is not going to be a one ring rule at all, or one chain rule at all type of scenario in the world. There is going to be multiple types of solutions that are going to drive what the future looks like and how all these backend systems are going to operate and work. And it is not ever going to be a single chain. It is going to be multiple solutions piled or stacked on top of each other working together and then those are going to get obsoleted by new ones that are going to come three to five years from now that we haven't even talked about that don't even exist right now that's in somebody's brain and they're thinking about it those are coming too i mean this is just going to be a never-ending evolution of new technology and new ways to um fast track simplize you know cheaper better costs you know lower cheaper better solutions they're going to lower the bottom line and costs of companies. That's all coming. So I agree with Grant 100%. Multi-chain is the way to think about it. And that's why I'm always talking to you guys about, you know, what are the what are the interoperabilities that are going to bring all these chains together? How are they going to communicate? Is it link? Is it quant? Is this something else? Something needs to, to exist or some, some repository somewhere where all these things can start working and talking to each other. But Brad's spot on. Multi-chain is where you want to be. And that's why you have multiple horses in your stable. Well, Gonzo, he also talked about this market evolving right now. We're going to a phase of speculation into a phase of utility. And he said, the U.S. is way behind on creating those constructs, particularly to contrast on Dubai's of the world. And so you have big frameworks set up for institutions to adopt and engage in Dubai. But in the United States, we don't have those regulatory frameworks. Further institutional adoption will be driven by demonstrating utility versus just speculation. Garlinghouse went on to elaborate, crypto speculation is not the end goal. You have to also demonstrate utility because if it's just speculation, that is not, in my judgment, the promised land we're all waiting for. Gonzo, floor is yours. Yeah, because if it's just speculation, then it's just a bubble, right? Like you're going to need utility to kick in and somehow and have an actual use case. It all starts off as speculation, right? They, we all speculate on these different blockchains, which one's going to do well, which one's going to follow through on its roadmap. Right, like right now, the narrative is Solana, right? But unless they actually can follow through on their roadmap and the utility is actually there and the partnerships with an actual use case where it fixes something in the world, then it's all speculation. But I, I don't think we're going to see that until we get actual regulation. Because until we get regulation, we don't know which, which projects are going to fall off, right? We know that every cycle, if you look at the top 20, right, top 10, it looks different in the next cycle, right? There are different narratives that kick in. But until like, at least in the US, until we get actual regulation, actual rules of the road, it's going to be hard, I think, to transition into that utility phase because we don't know what's going to be made illegal and what's going to be made legal, right? Uh, but he's 100% spot on, right? Like, you know, 
Ethereum is good. I think it'll end up being a settlement layer because of its security, right? Solana could be an execution layer, right? Uh, you know, Bitcoin could be a store of value. XRP and the ISO tokens could be like payment rails and some other things that they build on top of that, right? It, it's not going to be one. They're all going to kind of start to fall into their own little niches. Um, and then we'll see how they, you know, at, at the end of the day, who's left. Mario, I love this quote here, and I'm kicking it straight to you. Brad Garlinghouse said he's actively discouraging those who present themselves as maximalists. And it makes me think of what you said earlier about the futures versus spot contracts, right? Everybody's so optimistic. Let's let Mario dump a little water on that fire right now. So here, I'm just kidding, Mario. Brad Garlinghouse said, I'm very bullish about a whole bunch of different things going on in crypto. I'm certainly active in trying to dissuade people about being maximalists for any particular crypto. I'm going to add here. He's trying to say he's not a maximalist for XRP either. It will be a multi-chain world. What do you take away from these statements, Mario? Yeah, I mean, at least I hope that you don't have to say that nobody has to say Mario was right. But, you know, I do have to I do have to throw it out there so that I kill a little bit of the, the hopium, but just bring everybody ground level. But I think Brad is 100%. I think there's going to be not only multi-chain, but competition within each sector of the multi-chains, of, of the chains, the blockchains, because... If we just compare the internet, for example, like that we have now, we have Amazon, then we also have eBay, we also have Walmart. So within that niche, within that sector, there's competition and they all thrive. They all do amazingly well and there's opportunity for growth. And then there's going to exist, like I said, the Amazons, the Walmarts, there's going to be the Ubers, there's going to be all these different apps or all these different utilities and something will have to bring it all together. And I think that's where things might start to narrow down a little bit. Like what's going to be the one ecosystem or the one system that's going to allow all of this to communicate? Or is there going to be multiple systems that are going to allow to communicate? You know, is Quant going to connect everything together? And, and also Chainlink is going to play a part because of, because of the way that Chainlink works. So I definitely think it would be foolish to think that we're not going to have a multi-chain world, that it, you know, that... Bitcoin's going going to evolve into this um, super blockchain that all of a sudden is capable of of doing uh, you know near second near instant payments and and NFTs and and all of this stuff that's coming along with blockchain. I think that obviously it's multi-chain and uh, maximalism needs to be put up to the side. Investors, I think, will have way better to gain by putting like Johnny always says by putting by betting on different horses. Yep. Yep. At the end of the day, make sure you've got a mixed bag here because this is not going to... And Mario, don't feel bad. I get ripped all the time. We all get ripped bad for being realists, but the reality is that's the beautiful thing of our show. We just tell you how we feel. We're not We're not going to give you that fake hopium and pump that everybody else is going to give you because, uh, you know, I think we feel, we feel, you know, more real... You know, we like to play along the lines of what's more realistic. And the reality is money's going to move into the space and money's going to move out. And the bottom line is you just better be ready to capture it like a net. You just got to have your net ready. And as that money comes in, start scooping some of it out. Because if you don't, you're just going to do what we all did. You're going to watch it go up and you're going to watch it come back down. And that's not a great feeling. So have your nets ready, guys. Guys, we also got some breaking news this weekend. As UBS announced that wealthy clients would now be able to trade crypto ETS starting in Hong Kong. Well, we had HSBC quickly follow this news as well. And I reversed that. Sorry about that. Last week was HSBC. This week, it's UBS announcing that wealthy clients can now trade crypto ETFs. 
We talk about where's the liquidity going to come from, Johnny. This is a primary example, but because we're short on time, we're going to go through the Ripple settlement news here. As Brad, De- as Brad Deaton, John E. Deaton said, Ripple will not come close to paying $770 million in their settlement with the SEC. The SEC is now seeking disgorgement related to XRP sales in the UK, Japan, and Switzerland. Not only does the Supreme Court's Morrison decision exclude those sales, but XRP is deemed a non-security in those and other jurisdictions. The UK's FCA, which is their version of the SEC, deemed XRP an exchange slash utility token, not a security token. Same thing with Japan. And we also know they have a money transmitter license in the United States. So uh, John Deaton's predicting they're going to pay $20 million. Gonzo, what are you predicting? You know, that's so way above like my expertise, bro. But like John Deaton has been like spot on about things. So I'm going to lean into what he says. If he says it's 20 million, I don't think that it's going to be that $770 million. I I think there are probably talks that are going on in the background. And I think what's coming into play is the settlement, like what they're going to pay and also an approval for the Ripple IPO, right? Because it's the same thing. It's the SEC that has to do both. Right. So I, I think there's going to be some give and take where they're going to let the SEC save face. They're going to pay a certain amount of money, but they're going to get some guarantees that we won't mess with your application to go public. Right. So I think those are the talks that are going on right now. If I'm just going to use some uh, common sense, but I'll lean into what he says because he's a, a better expert than I am in that. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to play this video one last time here and get your instant reaction. Then I got to close it out with a live chat poll. Here we go. Whether or not the automated market maker is going to pass or not. Now, I've said multiple times, the automated market maker is going to be absolutely critical to Ripple going forward. Mm -hmm. And the main reason it's going to be so critical is because Ripple just announced at Swell the other day that they are going to start using the DEX and automated market makers when it passes to facilitate ODL trades. This means that even more of Ripple's activity is going to be happening on the XRP ledger. Now, this... Johnny, give me your instant reaction. 45 seconds here, and then we're going to go through the live chat poll. Well, I mean, I think certainly to be able to make the their their ODL and the XRP more accessible, if they could facilitate themselves, that's going to help. So I don't disagree with them. Uh, we know certainly being able to access is going to be the key there. So we'll see. And there's no doubt that they're gearing up to make that happen. They're also working on custody with the Mataco uh, partnership. So there's a lot of things that need to happen. I mean, I love what Ripple's doing, dude. When you look at it, they are just putting their hands in all the pieces of pie and natural adjacencies that they feel they need to be able to build this into a, a huge, you know, web 3.0 company. And boy, they are, in my opinion, they're kind of leading the forefront of it. And, you know, they, they've gotten held up. I don't think they're going to pay anywhere near 700 million. They would have had the sec settled two years ago with them. They ain't paying that much now after the wins they got. So we'll, we'll see how that whole thing plans out. But yeah, very, very fast. Thank you so much, Johnny. Let's go around the group here really quick. I want to get everyone's opinion. I asked the live chat, what's your first target you plan to take profit for XRP? 33% agree between two and $8. 29% are looking at above $22. We've also got 28% below two and 7% or sorry, 7% below $2. So interesting stats there may have butchered that, but Gonzo, where's your first price target when you're talking about taking profits? None of this financial advice, just fun conversation. Yeah, dude, three or $4. And then, like I said, most of it will be in the, in the teens. Uh, I think 14 to $15, something like that. Mario, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with the fibs, and so my exit strategy is 
anywhere from $5 to like $14. A lot of different exits at different prices. Johnny Crypto, how about you? Yeah, I'm kind of in the similar ranges with Mario. Maybe a little lower to start with and a little threes, three high threes, and then all the way up into the tens, twelves range. Thank you so much, guys. And we got 446 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Mario. And thank you to the Italian stallion himself. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get this shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go. Woo!